everybody. Let's come in and talk about today the most courageous thing that we can do, which is ask for help today on Queer Christian Conversations with me, your host, Coach Yema. I'm here to help LGBTQIA plus people make peace with their faith and their ex- their sexuality. <laughs> We're going to get it together. Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Hi, hi, hi. How are you doing? How's your week been since we last talked? Come on in. Tell me where you're tuning in from and then tell me how your week has been. Okay. Today we are talking about the most courageous thing that we can do, which is ask for help. Something that most of us struggle with. Okay. Um, also today I told you all last time that the platform is open for you to come in and request to join so we can have a conversation so you can contribute. I'm so glad to have all of you here. And again, to all my new people, my name is coach Yema. Okay. It's yay. Ma, all right. I know some people struggle with uh, pronouncing that, but you have to get excited to pronounce my name. Yay, Ma, all right. Hey, Reagan. Hey, Victor. Hey, everybody. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Miss Harper. Styles B. Um, Bianca. Love Sunset. How is everybody doing? Tell me how you're doing today. Hey, Coach. Tuning in from Japan. Yes, international. Yes, Japan. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So glad to have all of you here today. I'm not going to have, hey, conquering my unknown. Oh, love that. Coming in from Boston. Okay, my mother is in Boston. I am good, Reagan. I am having a fabulous time with life right now. Um, doing some... Uh, reflecting and tapping into the spirit, paying attention. Hey, nappy nobility. Okay. Come on, nappy nobility. Come on, come on through with this hair. Okay. Learn her out. I look like a, like a, um, a lioness, right? With this hair, (laughs) Victor, you're struggling a little bit. Let's talk about it. If you want to come on and join, let's talk about it. Um, you know, that's so beautiful that you are even admitting that because sometimes we can want to be so strong, which is what I'm going to be talking about that today. Um, we can try to be so strong and it can be very scary for us to admit that we are struggling. Um, I commit to all of you that follow me, my community that we're building here together, that I will be transparent and honest and authentic with you. If I'm struggling, I will share that so that you can see that we, um, the ones that are here to serve the community and are working, we go through, hard times as well. We have emotional moments that are negative, right? And how we move through that. One of the most beautiful quotes I've heard is that we don't lead people and, um, we don't inspire people by being perfect. We inspire people by being transparent with our struggles and showing them how we move through it. Okay. So I hold that quote very, very dearly to my heart. And I commit to my community here, to my queer Christian conversation posse, that we will be honest and transparent with each other, okay? So today we are talking about the most courageous thing we can do is ask for help. It is National Suicide Prevention Month. And so all of our our conversations are going to be geared towards helping on my feed as well to make you laugh, inspire you, give you space to not be okay and have you know, other people in the community to, um, 
to encourage you to give you a good word if they're doing really great. Like I made a post the other day with the heart emojis for everybody to check in to see how they were doing. And for the people who had the red hearts or the orange hearts that were doing pretty good or doing great, I asked them to give some tips. So if you haven't seen that, go to the timeline when we're done or my feed, I guess it would be, hey, Jean, to my feed when we're done and um, let me know, hey, Felicia, let me know um, how you're feeling and also read some of the positive comments that were put on there uh, from, from the people who are, who are doing well, okay? So again, we're talking about the most courageous thing to do is to ask for help. And I am your host, Coach Yema. I help LGBTQIA plus people make peace with their faith and their sexuality through my one-on-one coaching program called The Path to Acceptance. And if you're interested in that, you can go to the link in my bio and click schedule yourself a free call with me, a consultation. Let's build a plan and uh, show you the way that you can execute that plan to get to where you're trying to go, okay? To that healthy emotional space where you are 100% guaranteed feeling and knowing that God fully accepts you. So one of the, thank you conquering my unknown. Thank you, thank you so much. I love the work that I do. She says, or they say, I can't see the, um, hey Megan, I can't see the profile picture. So I'll just say they, so forgive me if I'm using the wrong pronouns. Uh, because I am going to be ripping this audio and putting on a podcast, I need to read the comments so people aren't listening like, what? who's conquering my unknown? What are they saying? So conquering my unknown said, what you do is so essential and amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, honey. So one of the major reasons for me personally, when I was going through my dark season in my life, or even when I am going through some dark seasons in my life, that stops me from reaching out and asking for help is that most sometimes we don't want to seem weak. We don't want to seem um, like we can't handle it because we think that somehow asking for help or reaching out for help is a sign that we have failed in life, that we we are not able to hold it together. And so we don't want another human to know that we are struggling and that is a very, very lonely place to be in because we all, nobody has all of the answers. We need each other. We were put on this planet to help and encourage and build each other up. So you reaching out for help is such a human, normal thing to do that you should never feel either weak or feel like a failure. Like I couldn't, why couldn't I figure it out? It seems like everybody else, like you could be saying this to yourself, everybody else is figuring it out. They're all looking great. Right. And then we have the highlight reel of social media that shows everyone, Hey, Rebecca, that shows everyone just being so happy and so positive and nothing's wrong in their life. And they're just doing really great. And you're looking at your life thinking, well, what's wrong with me? Why can't I figure out why am I having such a bad time? Why is it so hard? I feel like I'm climbing up this mountain and I just can't seem to get to the top. I'm struggling all of the time. It is completely okay to number one, admit that to yourself, right? We have to admit it to ourselves that we're struggling because we can get busy, right? For people who are like me, who have a business and are working for themselves, sometimes it's very easy for us to put all of ourselves 
right? These um, us as service providers, we can put all of ourselves into our work because we're giving, 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 giving to people and giving out and pouring out. And we're seeing all these amazing positive results. It can be very easy for us to see the work that we're doing and the outcome that other people are having um, and get lost in that and not take care of our own selves. Okay. Hey, Melvin. So we can, we can get lost in the work, or even if you're working a nine to five or whatever kind of job you're doing, we can just get busy to avoid dealing with what's going on on the inside of us that to just come to the understanding of even acknowledging I'm not happy. And I think for me, that has been one of the most beautiful, um, results or outcomes from the unfortunate situation that we're in right now with COVID, with the pandemic, it forced all of us to go home. It forced all of us to sit down for a second and really hear, um, ourselves, hear our minds and look around our life to the relationships that we built out of maybe mutual trauma or mutual brokenness and realize that, you know what, this relationship actually isn't serving any part of who I want to be in the future, who I even see myself as now, because the thing is we attract when it comes to relationships, we don't attract who we want to be. We attract who we are. And so I know there are a lot of relationships that broke up during this season of the pandemic because people looked around and saw that they had attracted into their lives, the people that were reflecting the lower versions of themselves and realized like this is not who I want to be. But that took us having a global forced pause for us to look around our lives and see that we really are not happy in our relationships, in our job, in where we are in our journey of maybe coming out. We just all got a chance to just sit and be still and see what was really happening. And some of us had the courage to ask for the help and make the hard decisions to change those relationships, change those situations. And some of us, you know, got lost. Um, my cousin always says to me, don't get lost in the sauce. Okay. We got lost in the sauce. It was too hard for us to make that transition. And so we chose to manage the brokenness. Hey, Jen. Hey, Jenna. So we chose to manage the brokenness. We chose to manage the pain and the thing about emotional pain is that it sits in the back of our lives, sits in our subconscious, and we can feel that something's wrong, but we're still able somehow, because it's not active in the forefront of our brain, we can choose to not address it and just deal with the pain that's going to come out as being all the time frustrated or being annoyed or not being able to sleep or overeating or over drinking or getting into addictive behaviors because we're trying to numb and trying to quiet all of that. Hey, Toya. Okay. Hey, Jay. Trying to manage this emotional pain that we have sitting in the background of our lives. And we don't want to for, we don't want to face it because number one, it's going to be painful and it's going to require work. It's going to require you making decisions to change situations in your life and to change yourself because we have no ability to change anybody else. When um, people set up their breakthrough calls with me to see if um, they're a good match for us to work together, one of the first things that we talk about, because people will set up the call and they want 
help in um, affecting the relationship maybe with their parents or somebody important in their lives who doesn't accept them as being queer and they're trying to figure out how to change that person. This is why I did the the free ebook, which I have an announcement about that later. <clears throat> it's not going to be free after this month, but that's just, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I need to write a note to remind myself. Oop, I took all my pens upstairs with me. That's okay. So that's why I wrote the book, right? So they get on the call with me and they're, they're wanting to change <laughs> the other person and we can't do that. We only have control and responsibility over who we are, okay? And how we respond, not react, but how we respond to the situations in our lives. So number one, um, the one of the major reasons why we don't ask for help is that we don't wanna seem like a failure. We don't wanna, uh, we think that having a hard time emotionally is somehow a failure. Absolutely not. Your emotions are there to be an alert to you that there is something in your life that is not aligning with love. Isn't that, that's just so simple. There's something in your life that is not aligning with love. Okay. It could be your self image. That's not aligning with love. It could be the reflection of the relationships that you have in your life. That's not aligning with the fact that you are the truth because facts change the truth that you are a person, a being who is absolutely and totally loved by God and, and is deserving and worthy of love. So your emotions of anxiety or depression or just general um, uneasiness, just discomfort and just not happy, you know? And sometimes we can be unhappy for such a long time we can be um, uneasy for such a long time that we don't even remember what it was like to be happy. So now we have, we created this place of normalcy, right? This is now my norm. I'm always this way. I'm always, if you come at me, I will snap at you. Don't try me, okay? That kind of language, don't try me. Don't come for me because I ain't said for you. <laughs> you know, we have a good time while we talk the truth, right? Okay, don't come for me if I ain't sent for you. All of that language, all of that, um, that anger, that hurt that comes out as, as anger can become so normal for us. We don't know what it's like to have joy and have genuine peace. Okay, so it's okay to admit that you're not okay. Okay, and who was it earlier? Let me see. Let me scroll down that beautiful soul that said, you know what? Honestly, I'm not doing so good right now. Victor, right? Kudos to Victor for sharing that with us. Like I'm not, I'm not doing okay right now. And the thing that I told everyone on the, um, the post that was doing the mental health check-in was what's the one thing that you can do right now to find your happy place? You, you specifically, what is something that you can do right now to find your happy place? Something that fills you with joy because the beautiful thing and the easy thing that we need to do is to get ourselves in remembrance of what it was like for us to be happy. We got to break the cycle and remember what it was like to be happy. Remember what it's like to have peace. Remember what it's like to have joy because we have experienced it in our lives before. Okay. Those are not normal um, experiences that we are to have. 
Victor says, I just cried a little. Thank you so much for saying that. You are welcome. Absolutely welcome. This is what I do, uh, why I do what I do, right? So let's, let's take a moment and think back. If you're in that situation right now where you are struggling, what is something that you can do that brings you joy? That could be, for me, it's dancing. Um, thank you, Conquering My Unknown. She's sending um, Victor love. Oh, you guys are warming my heart. I love this. I love it. I love this. Oof. I'm just going to take a moment and just enjoy that because that this brings me joy. What is happening right now is bringing me joy. Um, for me, by myself, I love dancing. I love listening to music. I will dance for hours. Okay. This is not me like putting on one song and just twerking a little bit. I will twerk for hours <laughs> in the mirror. Okay. Wake my behind up and get up in my bathroom and get, cause that brings me genuine, genuine joy. Um, my friends always tease me. They're like, does somebody put like a spell on you for dancing? Like you just don't ever stop dancing. And that's for me personally, that's my happy place. And uh, a cute story. Uh, my mother, I left Liberia at the age of seven. So I left in 1992 and I, my mother stayed behind her. My dad were not together. So, um, she was there by herself and my dad brought me and my little sister to America with my stepmom. And so that was 1992. And I didn't see my mother again until 2014. And we had a party at my grandmother's party because I didn't know my mom like that. I didn't really know what her temperament was like. I mean, we would talk, but I didn't, you know, you don't really know somebody unless you're spending the time with them. Right. So she was like the stranger to me, but like a familiar stranger. And, um, this is about the dancing by the way. So we are at my grandma's party and, uh, we're all dancing. Everybody stops dancing and it's only my mom on the dance floor and me. And I'm like, Oh, like this is where I got it from. My mom is a dancer, honey. Okay. So I didn't steal it. That's my mama. Um, so for me, dancing is huge. Sometimes, um, rest for me looks like being out with friends going to the club, like there's like a, a cute little Jamaican African club by me here where me and my friends just go and we just dance, okay, all night. Africans are not usually people who drink a lot. Uh, when we go out to go dancing, we go out to go dancing, okay? Now I have a, me a couple of drinks, but my friends, we are focused, okay? We come prepared, we're not wearing high heels, we're not doing any of that. We are going out to dance, okay? And that, for me, feeds my soul. It helps me step away from my work, from the pouring out and just receiving that. And then some other times, it looks like, for me, being by myself and just spending a whole entire day of just resting. If that means I'm sleeping and taking naps all day, I'm going to sleep and take a nap all day. Okay. If that means me, usually when I'm in a down place like that, I'll put on a comedy because laughter is medicine. The Bible says it is scripture. I'll put on something that will make me laugh. And so I intentionally pour things or create situations in my life that's going to help me remember that place of joy, that place of happiness, that place of peace. My peace, when I'm looking for that peace and I'm in turmoil, comes for me for me from spending time with God. And that can mean me reading the scripture. Most of the time it starts with me 
journaling what's going on. Like once I find my place of joy and I can come back in and observe my emotions and, and, and have this conversation with God about like, where is this coming from? Yes, we are Africans and we do love the days. Okay. Um, GK Pra just said we Africans love to dance. Okay. And that's a fact. Um, so when I can come back, you know, find my place of happiness and then start journaling and be an observer of my emotions that helps me. But also sometimes I need to ask for help. Okay. If I, I have a cousin that is so dear to my heart, um, that when I'm going through something, I just can't, it's just overwhelming. I just need another voice. Cause I'm like too deep into it and my tears are rolling and it is a ugly cry kind of day where I can't get a hold of myself. Something bad happens. You know, somebody said something to me and my family and it's just a situation. I will call this cousin and I don't even have to say anything to her on the phone. I literally call her, she'll answer the phone and I'll just cry and she'll just sit there and hold space for me. She's amazing. Um, professionally, she's a, a social worker, so she has a lot of skills on how to handle, uh, emotional people like myself when I do call her. And so I'll call her and I'll just cry on the phone and she'll listen to me. And the beautiful thing I love about our relationship is that she will never sugarcoat anything for me because here's, here's, uh, a codependent situation that we could find ourselves in when we're looking and reaching out for help. We could find ourselves in a situation where the person that's helping us is enabling our bad behavior or enabling our negative limiting beliefs, enabling our lower, our, the lower versions of ourselves. I'm intentional not to call anybody I know in my life that's going to placate me. Okay. Cause my cousin, and I do this for her as well, knows how to balance mercy and compassion with truth. Okay. So if I call her and I'm crying and something's happened to me and I'm, I'm hurt and it's just, she'll let me cry. And then she'll ask me, you know, what's going on? Tell me what's, what's happening. And I'll explain it to her. And very graciously, she'll bring me to the truth. If I was right in the situation, she'll let me know this is, you were right, but you could have handled it a little different. Okay. Or she'll say you were absolutely wrong. You're going to take some time to think about this. Your ego is taking over you right now. And you are in so much pride, okay? And she will confront me, and but I've given her that that um, permission to speak into my life like that. When we're reaching out for help to people, they need to be safe people who are not going to hurt us. You know, that's the number two thing that I'm getting to of why it's hard for us to sometimes ask for help is because we have asked for help to, um, from other people that really disappointed us and really hurt us more after having that conversation with them. So when you're asking for help, it needs to be someone who's going to be honest with you. Who's going to have mercy. Who's going to have compassion. Okay. And who is safe, right? Yes. I am Kayla balancing compassion with truth. And so she'll lead me to that place. And I never leave that conversation feeling like, man, I totally messed up or like, I can't come back from this. She just told me off. Like, no, I always leave that conversation feeling empowered. She always reminds me of who I am. Okay. Like this is who you are. You are love. Okay. You have grace for people. You are not controlled by your ego. Okay. 
And if you're sad about something and it's just not, maybe nothing happened and something from my past and my family is getting triggered, okay? She has compassion to be like, okay, I was there when all this stuff was happening. You're kind of not remembering it quite correctly, but I understand that your perspective is your reality. Can I offer you? She basically coaches me. Basically, because I mean, that's what she does. Okay, that's basically what a coach would do for you. You know, maybe here's can you consider this truth that you may be missing because your filters right now are so overwhelmed with your negative, your negative emotions. Is it a possibility such and such and such? Okay, now she is a trained social worker. She has these skills. You may not have people in your family that can do this for you. Maybe you have clergy that you trust pastors, uh, spiritual leaders, um, spiritual mentors that you have in your life that you can, you can, um, have these conversations with. And then if it's something deeper than that, if it's some work that you know that you need a plan because you are stuck in the cycle, right? Cause I don't call my cousins for my cycles. Okay. And I don't, I don't mean my monthly cycles. I would talk about if I find myself, which she'll help me identify. Okay. If I'm calling her, every three months and having the same issue, I'm in a cycle, okay? Something's wrong here, I need professional help. I have, um, I can't tell you how many coaches I've had personally. Hi, hi, I'm Divine. I can't tell you how many coaches I've had um, for myself professionally though, so I can find myself in a cycle that's hindering my ability to be effective in serving all of you. And so if I see that happening in my life, I know that I have blind spots because what starts to happen is your thoughts and your solutions become incestuous, which means you keep recycling the same solutions to the same problem. So you, you keep doing the same thing to fix the same problem and it's not working, right? What is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing and expecting a different result, right? So we can get into a place of insanity and get stuck in the cycle. And at that point, you need someone professional to come in and help you. And that's okay. It is okay to invest in yourself. The greatest investment that you can ever make is in your mental and emotional health. Hands down is the best. That's the best investment I've ever made. I can tell you... Um, just monetarily, I don't put a, I mean, obviously it has to fit my budget and all those things, but I don't put a limit on, if I see something that's valuable for me to take me to the next level in my life, I will spend that money on that. Okay. I will invest in myself because it's not, I'm not investing in the price of it. I'm investing in the worth and the value that it has to me. Right. So it's not like, Oh, I have to spend this money. No, 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 no. Because we understand this because we go to school right? We go to college, right? So I get that. And I'm somebody who will invest in my mental health all day, every day. If that means me buying books, if that means me buying e-courses and also investing your time because you can spend all the money, okay, with the coach or a therapist or on this course, on the book, but you're not going to take the time to read it and implement it. What are you doing? My, I'll tell you all this story. My first year of Bible college, um, after my first year, God told me to take the next year off. And so I had two years to meditate on what I learned in the first year. And so all the people that just kept going, right, because they're in a, they're in the, on the treadmill, you got to graduate from Bible college. Um, all the people that were on the treadmill, 
would come to me from their second year classes and tell me like, oh my gosh, this was such a great revelation that this person shared with me, share with us today. It blew our minds. And I would say, but they told us that in first year. And here's why that was happening. Because we were, we were investing the money to go to Bible college, but we were not investing the time to actually sit and meditate on the things that they were teaching us and how it applied to our lives and then going forward and implementing it. Okay. You can spend a million dollars on something and you don't use it. It's worth zero dollars to you. Okay. So invest in time, invest in money. Okay. Investing in professional help is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. I know in the black community and African community, there is a stigma with asking for help with going to a doctor or to a therapist or to a coach. Um, therapy didn't quite work for me. I've invested in therapy. It wasn't something that was valuable for me. I'm very much goal oriented type of person. And so I like to set a goal and if that's an emotional goal, Hey, uh, Nishan, if that's an emotional goal, okay. If that's a spiritual goal, that's why I went to Bible college. <laughs> if it's an emotional goal, I need to get to the, I need to get to it in a specific amount of time. I need a whole plan to execute. Okay. So therapy didn't quite work for me cause it didn't, it was, let's see. Cause I did therapy for about, I've done it. I did it, I think maybe two or three times on and off, um, for about six months each. And at the end of those months, like I ended the relationship because it was not where I was trying to go. I knew what was going on in my life. I saw myself in the cycle. I knew what the emotions were. I wasn't ignorant to those emotions. I needed a plan on how to get out of it. Okay. I need a, I need a plan on how to rewire my brain to think differently. I didn't, I didn't want to keep recycling, um, you know, different techniques, but not having actual, any brain psychology, any neuroplasticity that was happening to me. So like the conversations were great. Um, but it wasn't very helpful for me. It could have been the therapist I went to, but I haven't found therapy helpful for me. That's my personal bias. Maybe because I'm a coach, I don't know, but I'm just saying for me personally, it hasn't worked. But with the bias that can sometimes happen in the black community about seeking help, about appearing to be weak, or we don't want to be something's wrong with our head. And so we're crazy that we have to go to the head doctor. I have to go to the shrink and now you're less of a person. You're not as strong because you admitted that you needed help. There is nothing wrong with that. Hey, Ken, it's okay. You can watch um, it later. I'm going to save this to the IGTV. And then um, I'm also going to be putting out the podcast by Monday. I think I'm going to start doing it a little earlier though. Okay. So just a quick recap. Today we're talking about the most courageous thing you can do is ask for help. Okay. There's nothing wrong with it. And two of the reasons that we sometimes don't do this, don't ask for help is number one, we don't want to appear weak. We don't want to appear as if we're a failure. And then number two, we have gotten the courage and asked somebody for help and they let us down. Everybody's not the same. Okay. Um, have forgiveness for yourself. Okay. In that situation for not reading the situation or reading the person, right? Um, not that you could have known anyway, but forgive yourself if you're holding any kind of responsibility for choosing the wrong person to share your hurt and your pain with. Okay. And then move forward and understand that everybody is not the same. Okay. Do you, Victor is asking the question, do you believe that spiritual abuse is a real thing? 
That's what I'm currently struggling with and I plan on going to the link in your bio. Awesome. So yes, absolutely I believe spiritual abuse is a real thing. Anytime that we are in a situation where someone's presenting to us a false image of God, that is spiritual abuse. That's just, that's how I see it. Because if you're presenting a God to me that's less than loving, that's less than kind, that's less than compassionate, that all this God is doing is judging me, our faith is such a monumental part of how we experience the world. If anything in that and in our relationship with God has been damaged, has been, um, we've been lied to, bamboozled, you know, whatever word it is about who God is and someone's presented a, a false image, this idol, because that's what, a, what that's what an idol is, right? It's a false image of God, this idol to us for us to worship and we've only received pain and now in our head, because we were all built to hear the voice of God, the voice of God that we think we're hearing is full of condemnation, it's full of judgment, it's full of, it's full of guilt, and that produces pain and hurt in your life and you are filling your body because negative emotions actually have a physical reality in our bodies. Those negative emotions are producing and filling and flooding our bodies and ourselves with toxins. And so literally... This wrong teaching of scripture and this wrong representation of God is literally flooding and killing us. It's poison. It's poison. It's poisoning us. So more than just the emotional pain from it, physically, we are suffering from this. So absolutely, I believe in spiritual abuse. Okay. Conquering my unknown says spiritual abuse is so painful. I'm so sorry you're struggling with that, Victor. Thank you for, thank you for supporting Victor in this so much. Um, I absolutely believe that. And that takes time. That takes time to heal through because you have to go through the process of mourning that image of God, although it wasn't a very nice image of God, but you still have to go through the process of, of mourning it, right? Cause you go through the disbelief, your bargaining, and then you're in denial and there's the, the guilt, the anger about the whole thing. And then the acceptance that it's not God that got it wrong. Someone represented a wrong version or a, a wrong image of God to me. And so I forgive them for that because they're not going to tell me anything that they must not have experienced themselves. And then we move into the PhD version of, you know, PhD level of Christianity where we start to pray for those people that they will see the real God. Okay. With the real Jesus, please stand up. <laughs> Y'all know I like to laugh. Okay. With the real Jesus, please stand up. That's a real thing. And for me, going through it, you know, going to Bible college and, and investing all of myself into that, into the space that I was in, not that everything was wrong. So many great truths I learned um, from going to Bible college and experiencing what I experienced with those people. But when I start to, when God starts to take me through how we have misinterpreted and how much we've missed the, the message of Jesus, which was not salvation. Okay. Um, the message of Jesus was not say these words and get saved. The message of Jesus was to, um, portray the kingdom of heaven. Like Jesus did not come to give us a religion. He didn't come to make you a Christian. He came to make you a citizen. He came to make you a part of the family. He came to make you a son and a daughter or a non-binary person in the kingdom of heaven. Okay. And that does not mean the kingdom of heaven is not dying, going to heaven. Okay. 
the kingdom of heaven is within here. And that kingdom of heaven, the Bible says, um, what is it? The kingdom of heaven is love, joy, and righteousness. Is that the right one? Can you help, help me with that scripture? I don't have my computer here with me. Um, I think that's it. The kingdom of heaven is love, joy, and righteousness. I think that's what it is, right? So the kingdom of heaven within us is love, joy, peace, all the fruits of the spirit, because the spirit is the one who comes and manifests, shows us how to experience the kingdom of heaven. And so if my emotions, like I said earlier, right, are not aligned with love, joy, and peace, someone's been teaching me something wrong. I'm not actually experiencing Jesus right now. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Conquering my uh, unknown says she loves, or they love how I describe the kingdom. That's what it is. Okay. And you know what? That's when I began my, um, deconstruction, although I didn't have the words for it at the time. Um, but I realized I was like, wait a minute, what in the world they've been, we're, (laughs) we're sending evangelists all over the world to preach salvation. And Jesus, not one time said no prayer. (laughs) Oh my goodness. We've gotten it. It's, it's something's wrong. Okay. Um, we've gotten a messed up. And then I found out as I was deconstructing that there are books in the Bible that were not in the, didn't get put in the Bible. Like I didn't know any of this stuff. Okay. I believe hook line and you know, sink everything that they told me to believe. I believe them. And so having that control over a person that they see you as a representative of God, that someone who understands the scripture, that they can trust your interpretation. And then they find out that you've been lying to them this whole time intentionally. Or I don't think it's intentional. I think these people actually really do believe these things. You know, um, no one's gonna, I don't think anybody has any bad intentions. I think that they just, just missed it and that's okay. Cause we, I'm sure there are areas in my life and in my belief system where I've missed it with God as well, you know? So just understanding all of that, I went through the process of being angry with those people. How dare you? You know, I gave, I trusted you. I gave my life to this teaching that you were, that you said that you knew God. And here you are teaching the completely opposite thing than what he said. But then your mind and your filter is so colored by their teaching that even when you open the Bible, all you can hear and see is how they interpret the scripture which is, I know I've been having a lot of calls with people who are even scared to open the Bible. And it is just a hard, hard, um, uh, thing for them to even experience right now because of what exactly what I'm explaining to you right now, their, their way of seeing God and seeing the word of God. The Bible is not the word of God. Okay. The Bible is, (laughs) that's not heretical. Let, Let me, let me explain it. Okay. The Bible is a collection of stories of real life encounters that people had with God. Okay. Everything in the Bible is not the word of God. Blink, blink. <laughs> I got that from King Ashley. Ed. I love her. Okay. That's not, that's and even understanding that it can be just like, Oh, what? Are you sure you're okay? Are you sure you're a Christian? <laughs> yes, but not really. I'm a kingdom citizen, but I love Jesus. Okay. Victor says, thank you so much. It feels so liberating to feel validated for once. I've been told that if I don't accept the scriptures that I'll be damned. It, it's hurt me so much having the 
the world against me hurts. Well, I can tell you this, Victor, the world is not against you. I'm not against you. We on here are not against you. I know it feels like your world. Okay. I understand the people that are in your circle right now in your immediate surroundings feel like they're against you, but that's not, that's not the truth. Okay. So God absolutely totally loves you. Um, the scriptures are there for you to in- help you engage in conversation with Jesus. It's not something that's going to damn you to hell. That's not a real thing. Um, if you believe in hell, the, the only thing that the scripture even hints at would be a reason for someone to, to go to hell is not believing in Jesus. That is the only thing because after Jesus went on the cross, okay, he did everything. Everything was completed. We're completely forgiven of all our sins, past, present, and future. Okay. And that's something I learned from the Bible college was very helpful for me. Okay. If we, and we better hope that is our future sins because Jesus died 2020 years ago. So if we, um, are thinking that he only forgave our past sins, it just really doesn't make any sense. Okay. So you're completely forgiven. You're completely perfected in your spirit. There's nothing else for you to do to make you worthy of receiving the love of God or receiving union and relationship with God. It's already yours done. Okay. Our only work now is to show up for that relationship. That's it. It's not, it's not difficult. I tell my clients this as well. If you hear something from the spirit that sounds complicated, stay a little longer because the, one of the trademarks of hearing from God is that God keeps things very simple. Can you imagine the mind of God, how vast and intelligent, I mean, extreme intelligence that God has that now he has to, for him to be able or her to explain things to us. It has to be extremely simple because we are very simple people. Okay. Look what happened to garden of Eden. Okay. God said, don't eat of that tree. In the day that you eat of the tree, you will die. The serpent comes to Eve and Eve said, uh-uh. he said, we shouldn't even look at it. We shouldn't smell it. We shouldn't touch it. We shouldn't go near it and all that extra stuff. That's what, a, that's what man, that's what humans do. We add extra onto the word of God. And he, all he said was don't eat it. He said not by looking at it. <laughs> and that's what religion is. That's what religion does. Okay. Why do you think they needed 633 different laws in the old Testament? And what Jesus told them, you put all these weights on people and you won't even lift a finger. You are setting them up for failure and you won't even do anything. How dare you put these weights on my people, right? Because by the time Jesus came, you couldn't even pass gas on the, on the Sabbath. And that was not, <laughs> that was not the intended goal of the Sabbath. Okay. Ken says, I feel the average, you know, what? I'm going to have to put my, my glasses on. I'm sorry, y'all. Let me put my glasses on. Are you enjoying this conversation? Let me know. I feel the average Christian do not take the time to study the Bible in its proper context. The laws that were read in the Bible had a specific purpose. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And then Ken says, plus Romans tells us we're not saved by what we do, but by believing in Christ. Absolutely. Okay. Romans six, seven, and eight, um, Galatians, the whole, the whole book explains that to you. Hebrews, Um, I love Hebrews specifically chapter 10 that just goes into just 
You know what? I keep saying I should bring my Bible down here and I still haven't done that yet. I apologize. Um, but it's a beautiful, I think it might be Hebrews 10. Read the whole, read the whole chapter, read Hebrews 10. That's your homework for tonight. Read Hebrews 10. Okay. So it talks about how Jesus completely finished everything. There's nothing else for us to do. Okay. We don't need to grovel for anything. You're already forgiven. Romans 8, 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You are in Christ. Sometimes the, the preacher will stop right at that scripture and be like, you got to be in Christ. If you're not walking in the spirit, you ain't in Christ. But if you keep reading, Paul says, but we're all in Christ. <laughs> I just love that. The Bible will explain itself. Okay. Um, Ken says, conquering my unknown says, thoroughly enjoying this. Thank you. You are welcome. Ken P says, in fact, if you break one law, you've broken all of them. Exactly. Exactly. The law was never meant to be our permanent. It wasn't even for us because we Gentiles out here. The law wasn't even for us. <laughs> ah, I love the kid with y'all. Okay. The law was not even for us. It's for the Jewish people. We are the Gentiles. We the Gentiles. All right. So we were never under law to begin with. Okay. Which is what Paul talks about. Don't bring that circumcision stuff over here. Because if you're getting saved by faith and you're Jewish, why would you now ask somebody else to get circumcised to be part of this covenant of God? Nah. Mm-mm. Paul said, miss me with that. <laughs> and Paul was like, oh, I thought it was somebody who was already going to hell for trying to keep the laws to say something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought it was somebody who was being burdened by the law was already on his way to hell has said something oh okay okay um i wish i could like put on uh shows for uh <laughs> you know how they have people that read the bible and they you know it's like you know they do like the dramatic parts of it i just want to do like a a regular i'm not going to say hood because i'm not a hood person per se anyway i did go to college in philly but i'm not a hood person per se um, but I just think it would be funny to just bring it down to like today, like right now. And for us to have those sayings, um, like maybe when Jesus was preaching, somebody was like that part, that part. Okay. Or somebody said it was, mm, it was the blood for me. <laughs> I'm just having fun with y'all at this time, at this point in time. Um, thank you for your questions. I enjoy these days hanging out with y'all. Um, a couple of announcements before we go. So we have done 16 weeks already of the queer Christian conversations. And so I'm going to, um, the last episode is going to be the end of season one. And this episode is going to be the start of season two on the podcast. Okay. And then, so we're going to be going deeper into conversations. I'm going to be inviting you to come on. All right. I'm going to be sharing more about the program and giving more detail on that. If you are curious about my methodology and what I use in the path to acceptance one-on-one coaching program, the interview that I did with Dr. Tracy that I shared, it's on, it's on YouTube. I went really in depth with what I do with my clients. So go and check that out until I think I want to do like a, like come out with some kind of commercial to post online so you all can see it, um, to see what I actually do. And if you have questions about the program, please send it to me in my inbox and let me know. And then 
at the end of this month, because I rolled out the path to acceptance and this new journey in my coaching in January of this year. So it's, we're nine months in now. And so the um, book is no longer going to be free. So if you haven't gotten it, make sure you get it um, by the end of this month. Uh, it's going to be going, it's going to be for a price starting in October. Okay. So remember all of that. I love y'all. Do we have any last comments, any last questions before we go? Um, I don't ever have, y'all, I got to get more prepared with my Bible. I need to have a clock or something here near me so I can see what time it is. So I know that I'm not going over. Thank you all so much for rocking with me. Share this live, um, put it in somebody inbox, share it on your stories. It's going to be on my feed in the next minute or two. I love you. Love you. Love you. Love you so much and expect the podcast for this by Monday of next week. Okay. Love y'all. Bye. Hello, hello. This is Coach Yama interrupting your podcast listening to let you know how you can work with me. I offer a one-on-one coaching program called The Path to Acceptance. And this program might be right for you if you want to no longer feel like a mistake, a sinner, or an abomination because of your sexual orientation. If you want to be confident that you are loved and accepted as someone made in the image of God and be 100% certain you're living in obedience with scripture, this might be right for you. And I'm offering right now a free 50-minute session that you can book with me right now. If you go to my website, www.yama.com and book a free call with me right now. And on that call, we are going to decide what the plan is for you, the right plan is for you to move powerfully forward into your full acceptance from God and in God. I hope to talk to you soon. Bye.